0: Welcome to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, where we feature expert thought leaders and cover the best strategies, stories, and psychology you need to land Big Ticket Clients, because as you know, you can't catch a whale with a worm. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Palea on the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, and it is my pleasure, it is my honor to introduce you to Neil Patel. How are you doing today, Neil? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Now, Neil, it is hard to start talking about you. Okay. You're a New York Times bestselling author. You are a Wall Street Journal top influencer. You are, look, I typed in today the top 10 online marketers in the world, and you came up like number three. (laughs) So I don't know where to start with you. You've made all kinds of success, but really, I would love to know. What has your path to success been? And you've told me that it has not always been an easy path. Where did you start from and how did you get here?
1: Yeah. So I started out picking up trash at a theme park and cleaning restrooms, which isn't isn't the uh, fun part. Where are you based out of? I'm in Austin, Texas. All right. So there's a theme park in California called Knott's Berry Farm. And if you ever go to a the theme park, you know that there's vomit and other <laughs> stuff that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have to deal with that on a daily basis, it sucks. But you know what? That's the reality of it. Yeah. From there, I tried finding a better paying job. I couldn't. I was on monster.com, but I saw they were publicly traded, making, you know, millions at that time. And I was like, let me just copy them. Created a copycat, which sucked. <laughs> and uh I threw it up and I'm like, why aren't people coming to my site? And eventually I had to learn marketing and I paid a few marketing firms with all the money I saved up, picking up trash. I didn't pay them a lot, but whatever I had from them providing little to no results and from being broke and frustrated, I had no choice but to learn it on my own. And then from there, my journey continues. But the overall point, you know, and people are like, how'd you get to where you are right now? Mm-hmm. I just grinded it out. Like everyone's like, "Ah, oh, what's a path? What's the way you got there? There's no easy way. I just grinded it out. I didn't know what I was doing. Most people don't. It's not like, hey, this is the path you got to follow if you want to do well. It's more like, look, you just keep going. You grind it out. You're going to make mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. Focus on the positives. And as you keep making mistakes, avoid making the same ones over and over again. And eventually, you'll learn what not to do. And it'll lead you down a path of what you should be doing.
0: Wow. What great advice, right? Which is stop looking for the magic bullet somewhere, right? Because <laughs> it, it probably exactly. doesn't exist. So, so today, let's, let's come to where you are today. You are, first of all, a, a well-known author of the book, uh, co-author of the book, Hustle, The Power to Charge Your Life with Money, Meaning, and Momentum. Um, you have uh, several organizations and successes. Tell us about what you're doing today and what excites Neil Patel the most today.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to disrupt the marketing industry. Uh, I created a software company called Ubersuggest, more so I bought it out a long time ago. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: uh, I have been continually adding more and more features to it and just disrupting the market by giving a ton of value away for free.
0: Wow. Tell us about what you mean by free, because as you know, you are probably one of the people who, like, if if you write an article, you give away so much. It's insane. So... This idea of free, which will lead to potential value that becomes maybe a client relationship. How does that work and how do you use it?
1: Yeah, so free for me is, I believe little is the new big, right? Mm. You want to talk about big ticket clients, big ticket sales. You don't make the money on the small, medium businesses. You help them out as much as possible for free. You make your money by charging the big companies. And what I'm doing is taking... Software that most people would pay $50 a month, $100, $200 a month for, and trying to give as much as possible way for free mm-hmm. in hopes that it gets me more big companies knocking on my door. Because what most people don't realize is if you work at a Fortune 1000 company, you tend to use free software before paid software. Even though it's a big company with billions of dollars, what most people don't realize is you can't just go swipe credit cards. You got to get budget approvals, ask people to spend money. So might as well go and use the free stuff first. And that's what people do. It helps you get more big uh, leads and then eventually you can hopefully close them for a large dollar amounts.
0: Wow. Tell us a little bit more about the customer that you currently are talking about, the, you know, the, the troubles that they have, the challenges that they're trying to solve, and how your software and your education, because you're a, an education guy as well, how that supports their dreams and desires.
1: Yeah, so my software, Ubersuggest, helps people get more search traffic. Mm -hmm, The content mm -hmm. I create on YouTube, my podcast marketing school, my blog, neilpatel.com, it's all about just educating and helping people with their marketing problems, specifically digital marketing, online marketing problems. Um, And big companies love it because just because they have problems and they want to hire consultants doesn't mean they always can. So giving that free information helps keep you top of mind. Mm-hmm. Now, the type of clients I'm targeting is a bit different than most people. I'm truly, when you say big ticket clients, some people look at it as a dollar amount. I look at it from a perspective of, you know, with my ad agency, Neil Patel Digital, we are looking for the Adobe's of the world, the uh, Ubers of the world, the Airbnbs, and some of them actually are our clients like Adobe and Airbnb, but mm-hmm. those are the type of companies we're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so when you talk about big ticket clients, you know, what is the difference? in building traffic for build big-ticket clients or in maybe, you know, connecting and creating relationships with them versus your regular, you know, $97 course <laughs> or $50, you know, uh, thing that you can just buy online without ever talking to anyone. What, what have you found is the big difference when going after big-ticket clients? The,
1: the big thing, and I learned, I learned this from IBM. Mm-hmm. So my VP of sales Nick. He was at a conference mm-hmm. and he was doing a presentation and one of the panelists on there, and it was a pitch presentation. So you give a pitch and the panelists give you feedback. And there are big companies like IBM, right? On yep. the panel. Yep. And this lady from IBM, you know, my, we're trying to use branding, like look at Neil, look at what he does. He's amazing. You know, whether I am or not, that's debatable. Um, you know, here's some of our clients. Here's what we've done. You know, and what I learned from that whole pitch is the lady at IBM, she was like, I, I, I don't care about these logos <laughs> case studies. She's like, is Neil working on my account? And he's like, no. She's just like, yeah, then I don't care about Neil. Yeah. She's like, tell me what you can do for us at IBM. Hmm. Tell us who's going to work on their accounts, their backgrounds of those people, and what have they done in the past, and how is that similar to uh, IBM's problem and how you can solve theirs.
0: Wow. So they went straight for the relationship jugular, meaning they, they want to know what can you do for me and how can we build a relationship? We don't care about your y- you really yet.
1: Yeah, but not even just that. It's who are the people working on the account and what have they done in the past mm-hmm. that can prove that you can solve the same problems that we're facing at IBM? So they want they want to know about the people working on their account mm-hmm. and how they solve similar problems to what IBM is facing
2: mm-hmm. with
1: similar-sized companies. So it's very specific in which if you want to close them for a big amount of money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they need to know who's working on the account and how they've already done what they're looking to solve because that reduces the risk that when they pay the big dollars mm-hmm. that they're actually going to get something that solves their problems.
0: You know, you know, Neil, you really raise probably the biggest... <laughs> And most important point that I found in my own research about big ticket clients, and that is that level of specificity. So, for example, you know, if I do an ad on Facebook, it could be like a spray. I'm just spraying out to the masses, and I'm I'm trying to see you know who's going to come back to me. But you're talking about really being very targeted, and and being very targeted, even in matching the right people to the job that these folks are, are dealing with. How how do you think the rest of the world can learn? how to go after big ticket clients? Because many of us just think, hey, I'm going to do an ad to get traffic or I'm going to you know, send some automation. How do we unlearn some of those things when we start dealing with big ticket clients? Well, the, the first
1: thing is, is you need large company sizes. It's hard to get someone who's barely making money to spend 10, 20, 50, 100 grand. It's easier to get companies make billions of dollars to spend 10, 20, 100 grand. Yeah. So with your targeting and your ads, try to target bigger companies.
0: Okay.
2: The
1: other okay. thing too is look at what you're the most skilled at. Do you have experience helping e-commerce companies, you know, software companies, mm-hmm. doctors, lawyers, accountants, teachers, whatever it may be, whatever industry you're in, mm-hmm. target that specific person that you've already helped a lot. Mm-hmm. See, even if you're a chiropractor and I'm making this up and you help people with uh, feeling healthy. Well, chiropractors work with athletes, they work with, you know, older people, they work with younger people with problems. And let's say you're really good with athletes, Mm -hmm. then you would want to focus all of your attention on athletes. The reason being is, yeah, you can still help my parents or grandmas and grandpas, but you still want to focus on athletes, because that's what you specialize in. That's what you're the best at. That's where there's, more money to be made for you because that's your skill set.
0: Mm, mm, I love that. And in fact, it kind of reminds me of some of the strategies that you rolled out in your book, Hustle, right? Um, yeah. You talk about the idea of having a, a, a sort of a format where you, you focus on what's in your heart, what's in your head, and you create habits out of that in order to be successful. Can you talk a little bit about your book and those strategies and how those strategies help people in business in general?
1: Yeah. So I am going to talk about one concept in the book that'll help everyone out. And it's a very simple concept. Mm-hmm. So in, in anything you're doing, most people believe that, oh, it's really hard to find your passion, what you're good at. Most people wake up, they're young, they're like, I want to be an astronaut and they become astronauts. Mm-hmm. That's not the reality. Mm. And if you're trying to figure out who you want to sell to your big ticket offering, all this kind of stuff, You know, you maybe scratch your head like, oh, it's so easy for other people. They just know it. I'm still trying to struggle and figure it out. Well, the way most people figure things out isn't that they're born and they're just like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to sell big ticket items to doctors. Mm -hmm. It's what ends up happening is they try things out for small spurts of periods of time. So whether it's a day, a week, two weeks, and you keep trying things out. When you get traction, Mm -hmm. you know, then you know, hey, do more of this. When you find that you hate something, you know, hey, I don't want to do this. I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. And it's an iterative process. And eventually what you'll find is what you tend to be better at. Mm Because some of the things you won't be able to produce results, you'll struggle with. What you'll find is what you're naturally better at is what you usually love as well. Mm. And then you want to focus, spend all your time and effort on that. Then you'll get good at it.
0: You know, I love that approach of loving something because- You know, I'm a musician and I I do things I love and somehow it's led me to podcasting. So there's always a way to sort of get there. But what about those people who say, you know what, I love making fingernails, but nobody pays money for making fingernails look better. (laughs) You know, what about those people who jump into what they love and then they find disappointment? What would you suggest? Just is it back to the, hey, try something else? It's the iterative process. Is that what you would recommend? Keep trying.
1: I, I would recommend the iterative process. It's, you know, people think that's crazy, but like, Hey, that's what, how we, most of us figure out what we want to do. Mm-hmm. I started off wanting to make money. That doesn't really work. You don't make money because you want to make money. I first started off creating uh working at a theme park. Then I went to creating a job board because I couldn't find a job. I got no traffic. I paid some people. They didn't do well for me. I tried doing it on my own. I got some decent results. I had fun doing it. I was good at it. And I'm like, ah, I can't figure out how to create a job board, but I love this traffic thing. Let me do more of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you were creating value. Um, I have to say that anyone who goes and reads a Neil Patel uh, blog, <laughs> you'll be reading for a while and you'll be like, how come he's giving this all away for free? <laughs> it's really amazing. But on that note, do you have any fun stories, or maybe your favorite stories of how you took a client who just didn't know what they were doing or didn't want to even be successful based on their mindset or their habits or something. And you slowly but surely showed them the way and got them some serious results. Can you share a story or two? I don't have too many stories like that because most of my customers
1: are B2B, Ah, right? So I'm dealing like with the Adobe's of the world, like this is a problem within our company. And you're dealing with the department of like 30 40 50 sometimes a thousand people mm-hmm. and you're helping them solve problems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you don't really have the mindset stuff or any of that right it's it's when you're doing b2b they're more looking at results like we're paying you x are you making us you know three times five times more dollars is this profitable if no you're fired if yes <laughs> we'll continue. like yeah. it's very black and
0: white yeah are, are you delivering today <laughs>
1: exactly are you delivering today and are they happy with it and even if you are delivering it doesn't mean you get the renewal or the extension because sometimes they have budget cuts or recessions happen whatever it may
0: be. Mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are kind of afraid to go after big clients like you've mentioned like the adobes of the world because they think they're a bunch of you know gatekeepers or hey, those people all get salaries, they have no pain, (laughs) how do I get it? What are your recommendations for creating that warmth and relationships inside big companies?
1: So, you know, the way I see it is it is hard to get them. You shouldn't be afraid. Uh, Typically, you'll get them more at conferences than anywhere else. So if you go to conferences where they're paying $1,000, $2,000 a ticket, Mm -hmm. you apply to speak, you'll find that they'll hit you up and they'll want to work with you. Mm. That is probably the easiest way to get them. It takes persistence, continual talks, continual work, but that is one of the best ways.
0: So you're an advocate of the speaking model. Yes, it works so well. Yeah, well, you've spoken at, I mean, hundreds of companies and conferences. For people who say, I'm afraid to speak because speaking is worse than dying. (laughs) What What do you tell those folks?
1: Speak and then you'll find out what's the worst that can happen. There you go. You're not gonna die. If you do, then eh, you said speaking worse than dying. So <laughs> give it a try.
0: You know, one of the things that um, I found is that podcasting, although it's not really speaking, it uses a lot of the same, you know, skill sets sometimes. It does. But podcasting is something at least you could get started with. Now you have a, a podcast that is well known, very successful. What's your advice about maybe podcasting as a way of getting into building relationships with big clients?
1: Yeah. uh, Podcasting is definitely effective. Uh, You can interview people on there. And at the same time, hit up all these big companies, people who work there, your ideal person you want to sell to, ask them on your podcast, interview them, ask them their pains, problems. And if you can solve them, then you're like, Hey, by the way, you know, you're talking about this, I can actually solve this for you. Are you interested? No, no worries. And you'll find a lot of people saying yes, and you can get some customers that way.
0: Absolutely. Now, if you were to give your your best advice, because you know I only have you for I think another five minutes, and I'm not going to waste my Neil Patel time. Okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> if you were going to give the very best advice, whether it's for the heart, for the head, uh, for for success in business, what would be one, two, and three for you? So I'm going
1: to break it down into just. Uh, so you, you had heart head and what was the
0: other one business? Um, uh, Yeah. Business. So you want all three or just one? Whatever you want. So for, for example, you know, whatever you think is most uh, impactful, either one or
1: uh, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. Okay. All right. this is how I landed my first big client. I was speaking at a conference called Cap Euro. I don't know if it exists anymore. It was in London. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was an online gaming conference, like online gambling, casinos, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I gave a talk on marketing, how to, you know, get more traffic, uh, how to get better results. A lot of companies hit me up. There was this one guy from Russia.
2: Hmm.
1: He was asking me for feedback. He was asking a lot of the speakers for feedback. None of the speakers would give him advice. Now, he even said he was starting out. He had very little to no money. I knew that he wasn't going to be able to pay me for anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up, he's just like, can I just get 30 minutes of your time? Please, please. Remember, he paid to attend the conference. Yeah. And I knew he didn't have a ton of money, but spent a lot of his money to attend. I helped him out. And the reason most of the speakers didn't care to talk to him, at least according to them, I'm not saying this is true, they said he had body odor. <laughs> And they weren't willing to help, but I'm like, you guys are just mean. Like you can't do that to people. So he only wanted 30 minutes of time. I gave him an hour. Wow. I tore apart everything he was doing. I told him how to fix it. He was super grateful. He asked, what could I do for you? I said, nothing. I just want you to succeed. And I helped him out. I didn't help him out because I was looking for anything. I just helped him out. Now there was an award ceremony at nighttime. Okay. Everyone was invited, all the attendees, speakers. I didn't win an award or anything like that, but this guy was walking around the whole awards ceremony, telling everyone how amazing I was from other speakers to big companies to individuals. He was just talking about how Neil's amazing. You need to work with him. He's the smartest marketer. Someone in that room hired me for a hundred thousand dollars a month, $1.2 million contract. Wow. Because of him, he brought that guy from me. It was a company called poker strategy. This guy brought him to me. The guy's name was Dominique. And he came to me. He's like, yeah, so-and-so says you're amazing. I'm like, oh, cool. How do you know him? He's like, I don't know him. I just met him at this event Mm -hmm. right now. And he hired me just because of that guy.
0: You know, that is not only a fantastic story of success. I think you should brand that as your body odor story. (laughs) Because (laughs) that's amazing how nobody wanted to work with this guy for that silly reason. But you cared enough, you connected enough, and you ended up with a $100,000 a month job. Amazing.
1: And you know what I should teach everyone? And I learned this lesson. Little is the new big. And this was before social media was big. Mm-hmm. If you can get to the masses, you can help people out. Everyday average Joe people. And in my eyes, they're not average Joe, but I'm just talking about the ordinary person walking down the street. You, mm-hmm. you help them out. You don't expect anything in return. A lot of these people work at big companies. Eventually, it'll work its way up and you'll start landing big contracts because you helped out these people. And in the masses, when they make noise, the guys at the top have no choice but to listen.
0: Thank you so much for that amazing piece of advice. And I'm just going to repeat it for anyone who's listening. Little is the new big. I hope you trademark that because that's a powerful saying. (laughs) Really, Mm -hmm. really valuable. Thank you so much, Neil, for spending some time with us. I know you're on a tight schedule. how do people contact you uh, if, if they want to work with you or work with one of your team members? What's the best way online? Yeah, neilpateldigital.com.
1: And my personal blog is neilpateldigital.com.
0: Now you say Neil Patel Digital because I know you also have neilpatel.com. Is the digital one the one you want? Yeah,
1: digital is my ad agency if people want to work with me.
0: Got it. So neilpateldigital.com. And then, of course, LinkedIn, um, I'm sure Facebook groups and things like that. Neil, do you have any last words for us? It's been an amazing time. I really enjoyed this podcast. So thank you for having me. This was fun. All right. Thank you so much, Neil. It's a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast. For more episodes and strategies, visit BigTicketClients.com. That's www.BigTicketClients.com. And remember, you can't catch a whale with a worm.